0: Hey there. Welcome to a new episode of the Darius Farou show. On today's episode, I'm talking about three lessons about building wealth from an investing legend. And I actually published an article about this, and on the podcast, I'm going to go a little bit more deeper into the topic and I'll also share a little bit more background about Jesse Livermore who I'm talking about in the article. So, let's talk about Jesse Livermore first. Who was he? Well, he was one of the first major traders on Wall Street, uh, who was very famous. And he got his start around late 1800s in bucket shops. And bucket shops were quite interesting because they weren't really uh, places where you could buy and sell stocks. You could place bets on the movement of stocks and bucket bucket shops (laughs) don't exist anymore because it was pure speculation. Uh, These were just uh, places where you could go and it was just like a bookie, it was just like a gambling house or whatever you want to call it and you could go there and you could just buy a piece of paper that said, well, I'm betting so much money that this stock is going up and the way that you would bet is basically the same way that you would buy a stock but you wouldn't actually (laughs) buy the stock the bucket shop would basically uh, take care of the money so if you bought a stock at 50 and it would go up uh, to 60 you would sell it back to the bucket shop and you would make 10 bucks a share and the way that these bucket shops made money was because most people are really lousy at picking stocks even back then and most people just you know lost money now all of a sudden this kid comes out uh, who actually worked at a stockbroker, um, jesse livermore and you know i think in his teens he started going to these bucket shops and he started making money and he was pretty good at reading uh, stock prices and predicting the market and and it made him a good stock trader or actually we should say a trader at bucket shops. now he used those skills later to transition to actual stocks in the early 1900s and he became successful and it had, had some way to you know get some money initially that he uh, earned at the bucket shops, And back then you could go to different stockbrokers and you could borrow against the money that you had, but you could borrow against that same money five, six, seven times without telling the other stockbrokers, right? So imagine you have $5,000, you could go to five different stockbrokers and say, hey, I have $5,000 and you just show, well, here's $5,000 in the bank. And they would say, oh, here's a line of credit. And that's how he got access to hundreds of thousands of dollars when he started trading. And he made really use of that. Now, uh, you know, I've read his biography as well. And uh, there are several people who say that throughout his career, he used a lot of shady tactics to earn a lot of money, which is also true because back then there was no SEC and there were no rules around trading stocks. Or at least there weren't a lot of rules uh, or uh, people to enforce them. So, pretty shady things would happen, uh, like uh, cornering markets where you could just team up with a few wealthy people and you could just pump uh, a stock price up and then dump it. Um, and those things still happen today. But obviously, we have the SEC, which. Uh, uh, has made its goal to prevent those type of things but so Jesse Livermore basically made use of the environment that existed in the stock market in the in the early 1900s and he got really wealthy and he also lost his fortune several times and it didn't end well for him he got depressed and you know later in life he uh, ki- killed himself uh, it was a you know, quite tragic life after the 1930s for him, when a lot of things changed after the, the Great Recession or, you know, the, the stock market crash of 1929. But um, I always like to look at the lessons that he shared and the things that he, uh, he learned about wealth and about money and about trading, which are more related to the psychology and behavior. And that's why I think they are still valid today. So that's a little bit more background about Jesse Livermore. Now let's talk about the lessons that I shared in the article. And if you haven't read the article, I'll add a link to the the description of this episode. So the first lesson that I shared is that discipline is key. So why is that? Well, you know, in, in real life, there's often some room for making mistakes. You know, if you make a mistake at work or, you know, um, your diet or, you know, anything that doesn't have very high stakes, it's not the end of the world. You can, you know, correct the mistake. People will not die. You will also not go broke. Well, you can, if you make uh, big mistakes with your money and in the stock market or with investments, and particularly if you make several mistakes in a row. So you, so you don't necessarily have to make a very big mistake once, which is what a lot of people assume. But most people go broke by making smaller mistakes in a row. That's the, the biggest danger of losing money and, um, you know, not getting rich. So that's why you really want to be disciplined. And what does it mean? It basically means just that you create some rules around the the way that you invest and behave with your money and you want to stick to those rules. That's the most important thing. So Warren Buffett's rule number one is never lose money and he never breaks it. Well, not (laughs) uh, when it comes to the stuff that he controls because you can never fully control or in fact, I should say, you can, you have no control at all over the stock market. So when you invest in the stock market, you know, basically out of your hands, what happens to the stock on a day-to-day basis. But if you have a good strategy, if you have a, a strategy that is calculated and, and makes sense, then you know in long term it will give you good returns like, you know, in most cases, investing in real estate, or in prime real estate, or investing in index funds. uh, You know, those things usually have good returns and have had good returns historically. So if you stick to that strategy that you created for yourself, and you make sure you don't divert, then you can really build wealth. But if you keep breaking your own rules even if you are a stock market trader and you you know like to be active like Jesse Livermore or many other modern traders and you have created a rule you know a set of rules for yourself but you keep breaking those rules then you probably won't make money right so that's why discipline is really important and then the second lesson is kind of related to that because you want to be disciplined over time as well so Lesson number two is building wealth takes time. So you really want to be patient. And that's because it's not in our nature to be patient. Our nature is to optimize our life now and, you know, kind of forget about the future because that's how our brain is wired. So you you kind of have to go against your nature when you are investing and thinking about long term. So What I've learned uh, is very helpful is to train yourself to always look at potential returns. So, for example, um, if you don't have a lot of money that you can invest right now, you can think to yourself, well, I have, I don't know, 500 bucks. Should I buy an iPad or should I put it in an S&P 500 index fund and maybe get like 10% return? in a year which isn't outrageous and most people say oh it's very low and i'd rather buy crypto and double my money or whatever that's fine um you know people can do whatever they want i prefer to have some return because it's better than nothing and if i have like 500 bucks and i have the option to spend it and just make it go away or something that I don't really, really need, let's say you already have an iPad or whatever, it's like two years old or something, and you really don't need it, and you just want to have it, then you can think, well, hmm, I can put that money in the stock market and have a better return in a year from now, and then we'll see what happens. So that's pretty good. And the thing is, you know, like ten percent, five hundred bucks, you you can think to yourself, Well, fifty bucks, well, who cares? Well you should care because you made a good decision. It's not really about the dollar value, it's really about that you are training yourself to look at returns. And if you do that, you always learn that the best returns happen over time. So you'll slowly set yourself up to become a, a better investor and then that's a habit that will pay off for the rest of your life. So that's why I really like to train myself to become more patient when it comes to these things. And then the third lesson um, is have basic knowledge about the financial world. So I've learned that, um, you know, the, the, the economy and the financial world is a true machine. And if someone tells you, well, you should invest in the stock market, and you don't know anything about finance and, and about the stock market, then you probably don't feel comfortable investing. Doesn't matter how convincing someone is. But the moment you start reading a little bit more about the stock market, even if you just go to the, I don't know, the stock market Wikipedia, and you learn about how old it is and how long people have been investing, and you look at you know, the, the positive returns in history, and you, you learn how big the economy is, how many players there are, you know, how many institutional investors, and how much hundreds of millions of people rely on a stock market, then you think to yourself, oh, wow, this thing is so big and you know, such a, an important part of our life that if the stock market collapses life will collapse so as long as life is not collapsing i will invest and if it collapses we'll grab some crossbows or whatever people do in in those types of tv shows and movies and we'll start roaming the world and start to survive i don't know there's always a probability, right? <laughs> it's not very high, but uh, it could happen. But as long as that's not happening, I'm I'm just going to invest. So, and that's because you know you, you just learn a little bit about history, and you see, well, that's something that people have been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years. And uh, if some people have been doing that for so so many years, it's very likely that we will keep doing that for the next five hundred years and so forth. All right. So that's some background about uh, the article that I published. If you have any questions, feel free to share. I'd love to talk about those in upcoming articles or podcast. Um, I hope you found this useful. And uh, until the next episode, like always, take care.